I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When this horrible woman gets her kid to throw their trash bags over the fence into their neighbor's garden, their neighbor ends up getting very angry, as you'd expect, going to the extent of buying their house and kicking them out. This is r slash pro revenge. Throw your trash in my yard, enjoy moving. My now ex-neighbor was pretty trashy. Car sitting on blocks in the yard, cigarette hanging out of her mouth while she's nine months pregnant, blasting kid rock tunes level trashy. Well, this lady decided that paying $1 per trash bag was just too much. Our township will only pick up your trash if it is in one of the approved purple bags though. So normal trash bags would just be left behind. The trash truck drives right past them. Her solution? Buy normal trash bags at the dollar store and have her eight-year-old child toss them over the fence into my yard. Now their trash is my problem. After confronting her, she just laughed. So I called the cops. They said that since the kid was so young and there was no proof of his parents telling him to do it, there was nothing they could do. So this went on for about four months. Me taking the bags of trash they'd toss into my yard and wrapping them in purple bags that I paid out of pocket for, putting them out to the curb. Pretty freaking annoying. Not to mention the extra $3 or so a week I'm spending on trash bags. I'm slowly growing to hate this woman. It was annoying at first, but now I was getting mad. Mind you, I own my home and she was renting hers. So I get a hold of their landlords and I offer to buy the house for a decent amount above market value, 17%. He jumps at the offer and soon I'm the proud owner of the house next door to me. Sure, it cost me $71,000, but what price do you put on peace of mind? The very first thing I did was serve them an eviction notice in person across that same fence they like to throw trash over. That was 31 days ago. As of today, the unit is empty. I don't know where they went, but there's someone else's problem now. All because she didn't want to pay for her own trash bags. I think I'm going to knock that house down and make my yard bigger. I've been wanting to put in a handball court. Now, before I say anything about the story, can I first just say $71,000 for a house? Where? Please? Well, I know I've checked. Opie has said they live in central Pennsylvania. 71K for a house. That would literally buy a shed in the UK. I mean, that is unbelievable. Fair play. However, if you do have the money to do something like this, unbelievable. I've got to say, it just shows. And I kind of think to myself, what sort of revenge might I pull off or might you pull off if you had unlimited money? Yeah, some uh, pretty interesting things come to mind. I mean, like it's pretty nice, isn't it? Oh, I hate my neighbor. Screw it. I'll just buy their house off them. Nice. Get them gone. (laughs) Easy way out. I love it. I was unemployed. This guy scams me. Revenge is still pouring on him. First and foremost, this didn't happen in the US. Some events might be pursuable up there, but down here, it was mostly no man's land regarding the kind of scams I fell for. For the sake of the story, here in no man's land, we use the top level domain NML. My wife is a nurse. 
Back then, in the early 2000s, she worked in an ICU of a relatively exclusive and therefore expensive hospital. Specifically, she had to care for patients that had undergone cardiac surgery. At the same time, I was working for a small company that was going out of business. The owners were retiring, we hadn't secured any important contracts lately, and in my country, you have to pay for employee severance unless you file for bankruptcy. So they decided to shut down while they still had enough cash to pay our severances. One day, my wife calls me and tells me about this gentleman in his late 50s that had been on the verge of passing away. And after that close call, he was so grateful and stuff. We'll call him Benny Lowy. This gentleman happened to work in electronic imports, which gave him access to incredibly convenient deals. Long story short, he was so grateful he could sell us an LCD TV, a store demo unit that had been used just once, and we need to pay like one quarter of its retail price, as long as we kept it quiet because he was risking his relation with the brand. It caught me off guard. I said yes, and she paid. Anyway, the only TV in the house had been a wedding present and weighed over a hundred pounds. We were eager to replace it. It was naive, I know, but I thought being her patient, she knew all the personal data from this guy, so it seemed unlikely he'd target her for a scam. His father was a known businessman. Now retired and approaching his 80s, Mr. Larry Sr. was well-respected in his community and wouldn't have let his son wreak havoc. Also, my wife had acquaintances in common with Benny's brother, a known doctor of another hospital. Christmas was approaching. She asked Benny, who had already been discharged and sent back home, for advice regarding the present she wanted to give me. A phone. He hooked her up with the best she could think of. Now, I can't remember the exact model, but it was the Sony Ericsson flagship and it wasn't yet offered by local carriers. He had access to it because of his status as a local representative for said brand. She went with it, paid. The job position. I've said my employer was shutting down. So just for the sake of it, my wife asked Benny if he knew of someone needing an IT guy. Of course, he said. I'll meet your husband at this place tomorrow, etc. And there I was, in a gas station, uptown, and he pulls over in a luxury car. Mr. Lowry was a normal looking guy. He used the cane and had a noticeable knee or hip pain. We sat down in the gas station coffee shop and he told me about a mid-management position, reporting to him in a mining company I'd barely heard about. He coached me on what I should say in the upcoming job interview. We spoke about salary. I was dazzled. But wait, mining? Didn't you say he was into imports? He was that kind of guy you can't pause to question because he'd already thrown something extra into the mix. And this position had a better paycheck than the one I was being laid off. In the next few days, we had a few phone calls and stuff looked promising. We agreed he'd pick me up on December 24th and introduce me to senior managers as the recommended help desk junior manager. I woke up extra early and put on my best suits, waited in the front yard. Hours went by. I planned to be back before noon to arrange stuff for that night's dinner because my parents were coming over. After calling him repeatedly, he told me he'd been assaulted and robbed. They took my cane and broke it on my knee, he wailed. Poor guy. I told him to forget about my interview for the time being. No, no, I promised you. I'll make it up to you. Of course, since he'd been injured, he wasn't able to deliver the items my wife bought from him. That night, my mother asked me about the new job. I could not bring myself to tell her about the delay. I told her it was going fine. That night, I googled him. 
Nothing showed up except for some awards in the Imports and Customs Associations of whatever. He called me to reschedule our interview, December 31st. Again, picture me in my best suit outside my house on a summer morning. Of course, he didn't show up. When I finally reach him, he tells me that, when his car was stolen last week, they took his wallet too, which these thugs eventually dropped during another robbery, so now he'd been detained as a suspect for that. He hadn't been able to pick the imported electronics on the customs office, so they had them moved to another custody unit where it would take a couple of weeks to retrieve. That night, we went to my parents for New Year's Eve, and my mother asked me about the new job. It's all fine, I said. I Google him again, this time with variations regarding his name or the supposed company he was setting me up into. Not much showed up, nothing shady. The next call was like a week later. He told me that because he was being involved in a police investigation, the mining company had fired him. But this was actually good because now I was going to be interviewed to take his position as IT manager. This meant double my former paycheck and securing a position that would be a leap forward in my career. So I don't ask many questions. I was just grateful. All those delays in the end would pay off. This situation, as you've already figured out, went on and on for weeks. My interview never happened. The electronics never arrived. We'd lost our money, our time, our Christmas, our hopes, and I was still unemployed. And I hadn't been applying for job offers since I had this one allegedly secured. I texted him somewhere in between. I texted, why are you doing this to us? He texted back, if I wanted to, you have nothing on me. But if you stick with me, you'll be rewarded tenfold. Cue in the detective. Time went by. Eventually, my wife overhears from a co-worker about this patient in another hospital she was working at. Some nurses do work part-time at other hospitals. Now, she had fallen for it too, but her husband was a detective. So a few hours later, we were filling him in on the details of the scam we fell for. Asking around, he found a third nurse scammed by this guy. Soon enough, he was detained this time for real. And he admitted to have been scamming people due to a mild dementia, impromptu invented by the way. This detective talks him into an off-court deal in which he gives us back every cent, but not my time nor hopes, in exchange for us not pursuing any legal action. This was a decent deal because us, having failed to make a written agreement on any of these purchases, had at most a weak claim to our money. By the way, the money he paid us, he had to borrow from his father and some from his brother, a doctor. Remember this didn't happen in the US? This agreement is actually completely legal down here. So, I made a blog. I couldn't go for any further legal action, but there wasn't a non-disclosure agreement whatsoever. And I thought, what could prevent other people falling into this scammer's lies? Well, perhaps some Google results. So, I created a blog on WordPress.com. Think something like BennyLowerTheScammer.WordPress.com. It was a single post in third person telling my story. In the following days, that post comments had a dozen stories much like mine. I made them into a few posts. I got a few of their comments too, telling other people's stories. In a few weeks, looking for Benny Lowey's name on Google led to this blog. In my country, you can review updates regarding court ongoing cases, except for felonies that are non-public. Searching for his national ID, which I'd known thanks to our settlement as the sued party, I could just find an eviction action due to failing to pay his condo's lease. But looking for him as the suing part, I found out he'd sued 
www.wordpress.nml, our local fixtry domain, which was registered by a local guy in godaddy.com. Following up with the case, this guy had spent months trying to demonstrate this local guy had to take down the blog I made in the .com domain. Go figure. I was tempted then and there to set a post on this blog saying, if I wanted to, you have nothing on me. However, I've never attempted to let him know that I am the one doing this. So OP is actually anonymous via this website. I just log into this blog once in a while. Today was the first time in years and I keep finding in the comments more scammed people. All of them in a vulnerable moment of their life. Unemployed guys, small startups looking for an angel investor, small branch salespeople pursuing a promising commission, those who have in time reached a compensation or agreements. It's because Benny's now ancient father had to chip in. From what they say, his brother has gone no contacts. Most of the commenters lead their email addresses, and I've known of a few that have teamed up with each other and succeeded in legal actions. Perhaps this is not a revenge story, but it's my story. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, there you go, guys. As you could probably tell pretty early on in this story, it became quite clear that this person was just a scam artist. Gotta say, all the kind of signs were there, and it's easy for me to say that, but if you're actually in that situation, and you know, you're in a bad place, just lost your job, needing money, etc., etc., getting new deals, new tech, mm, it does sound a little bit too good to be true, but when you're in your lowest point, and, and you get someone like this coming along into your life, offering you the world, you kind of just gotta go with it, don't you? Well, at least that's what most people do. And the thing that is so horrible, about these fraudsters and scam artists like this is that they always prey on the weakest because you know if you have a job and you've got the latest phone and stuff you're not going to say oh yeah go on i have a new job and i'll have the latest phone you've already got it so like people that are doing well don't really need that sort of stuff they don't need help from some random person whereas you know people that don't have the stuff that they would like they kind of do tend to fall for for scams like this that's kind of why traditionally uh, fraudsters tend to target poorer people or people in strife or old people as well who are just less switched on in terms of tech and just i guess life what i would say though which is really interesting in this one is that the person that was scamming you seemed to be reputable at least at first like yeah as you said a patient in your wife's hospital you've got all their details it's weird that they would would you know risk that sort of stuff but hey clearly they were confident enough in their frauding ability and they now allow me to say that they are probably the biggest fraud. And this time I can say it and actually mean the word fraud. A lovely change. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this one. Really hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want more revenge stories right away, check out this video on screen. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple or any other podcast platform, it's linked down below. And if you didn't already know, I post these videos on Spotify, Apple, etc. And I post these podcasts on YouTube. Bit of a think of that one, but hey, it makes sense to me. See you all next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 